listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. And I'd like to welcome back on the program Sadia Osmani, back for this week's Thursday Chinwag. Uh, Sadia, it's great to speak to you. How are you doing? Right, thank you very much and good afternoon to everyone who's listening at the moment <laughs> yes um hopefully you're indoors and you're staying in yes yes i think um i'm just uh, for the last couple of weeks actually i've just been keeping my head down hence not coming into the studio and chatting to you but um yeah i think just everyone just needs to really heed the advice that's being given to them and stay indoors as much as they can really absolutely well just as well um i don't know if you know but the radio 3 team has been split up slightly and uh we've got some of us uh at the kowloon tong studio and then the rest of us uh in the admiralty studio in a secret location yeah. no actually not that secret <laughs> but uh phil and, <laughs> phil and myself we're at the admiralty studio so it's uh we're getting right, a little gosh. bit of a uh social distancing but even though yeah. uh, we've got the newsroom team here so yeah it's, it's, Gosh, yeah, it's just all time. new isn't it that's right that's yeah. right and we don't seem to be getting over it at the moment so no. i suppose it's just patience we've just got to bear with it and listen up to see what people are saying really exactly and we will get through this hong kong is a is a great place and well the world uh, hong kong is a great place and and you know we, we got through sars and we'll get through this i hope um yeah. so what have you got for our listeners uh today then well, I thought um, I would talk about the fact that, you know, I mean, lately, no matter what, you know, with COVID, quite a few people are watching more TV and obviously things like Netflix and things like that. But as I've been kind of going through papers and looking at things, I've noticed that one particular program seems to be incredibly popular on Netflix. And that's a, a kind of Indian matchmaking uh, series. And it's a very interesting program. So basically, all it is about is it's kind of homing in on one particular woman who's based in India. And she is a kind of Indian matchmaker. She goes around taking details from people Seema who want from to get Mumbai. married. Yeah, that's right, who want to get married. And then she tries to sort of match them up. But, you know, as a program in itself, it's it's a very entertaining program. Um, you know, I watched it and, and I know you kind of mentioned it once. So I thought, OK, I'll have a look at it. And last night I watched two episodes of it. And um, yes, it's, it's hilarious. It's really funny and it's a bit cringe frying here and there. But there's a lot in it in that I know, you know, as a South Asian and this is very much a prominent thing within South Asians. This is how many marriages are still done, actually, surprisingly so. Um, and, um, you know, it is a very common thing where somebody will say, have your details and ask you all sorts of things and say, well, you know, what are you looking for? What kind of husband or wife do you want? And it is very much a kind of family thing. It's not just about the people who want to get married. You've seen the program. What did you think? Yeah, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. I've watched all eight episodes of it. I think we oh binge goodness. watched it in about, we spaced it out in about three or four days, so about two episodes a day. Um, it's, yeah. it's an amazing bit of TV. I have to say for, for, for our listeners, if you get a chance to check out Indian matchmaking on Netflix, um, it really is, uh, hilarious. Okay. There's a serious side of it. I think we'll get to that, yeah, but it is, um, very much it's so. very entertaining. Um, and, uh, it really gets you thinking about uh, arranged marriages and love marriages and and this notion of free love um it, it's definitely they definitely have some very very interesting characters from the matchmaker herself i, I like the way she goes into every household and she yeah. introduces herself as 
hi, I'm Seema from Mumbai. <laughs> yeah, just... she just kind of walks in and <laughs> susses out the people. So basically she has a kind of list of what they're looking for. And she goes in and tries to get a, a, like a bit more of an in-depth sort of perception of them and what they're like from their home to the clothes that they're wearing to the family that's there. And then she has a whole kind of criteria and says, okay, what are you looking for? What do you want? And then she tries and match. She has a whole database of people that are on her list. And, and then she tries to match up somebody appropriate. But, you know, this is, as, I say, as you're saying, like, you know, it's a very entertaining program. It's great when you kind of watch it in an objective way. Think, oh, yeah, this was fun. That's great. But actually, you know, the, the serious side of it is, is that it is actually happening. It does happen like that. Um, and it's all great to say, oh, yes, you can find matches. But then it comes, it comes down, it really boils down to kind of um, certain aspects of discrimination and prejudice that occurs. And, you know, I probably can speak about this with some insight because I have been through that kind of mill of marriage in terms of like 30 years ago, you know, in the UK. So it, this doesn't actually just say this is happening in India. This, I could tell you right now, is still happening. I think we, we, we just lost you, Sadia, and you were saying it's it, it's still happening. And I should also point out that uh, Indian matchmaking, uh, some of the stories are set uh, in India. So some of the clients uh, that uh, Seema from Mumbai um, has, uh, they are in India. But some of them are also uh, in, in other places, uh, such as uh, the United States. And she travels uh, to the different places uh, to, to meet her clients. And as Sadia was saying, um, they, uh, she, she has a database and she works together with other matchmakers also uh, to, to, to find a match for, for the appropriate people. And in addition to that, she's also, um, she's also uh, working with families. So there's that added dynamic of working with uh, the people who want to find love, but mainly really with their families, because um, oftentimes it's not just the marriage isn't just uh, between uh, two people. It really is also so uh, between the two families as well. And I think uh, we've managed to get uh, Sadia back, back yes. as well. <laughs> Sadia, while I was, yeah. uh, while I I was getting you back in the last minute, I was ad-libbing. <laughs> I was like, oh my. Anyway, we, we managed to get uh, Sadia back. But I was just filling in that, you know, uh, that um, it, this doesn't just happen in India. And in fact, Seema, um, she travels to the United States. She goes to various places yeah. around the yeah. globe where she has clients. Um, and I don't want to give too much away because... Because um, some of our listeners might actually end up watching it, but what struck me sure. was that the, the the wide range of people that seeked um, that seeked her services, but also that that yeah. weird um, uh, forgive me for saying that old fashioned mindset. And by saying that, yeah. uh, what I mean is, we had lawyers, we had very progressive people, but they yeah, still subscribe. Surprised about they still exactly. subscribe to this sort yeah. of old notion. They needed to be a light yeah. lighter skin. They needed to be a certain family certain cast and it really it yeah, was heartbreaking that's the thing you see that's quite surprising because you would expect that people who, i mean you know i can speak for myself too but i mean people who were brought up in in western countries and stuff and would then say no no listen i'm an independent person i will choose my own bride but then what what comes up here is very clearly that this this whole connection in the culture to families and it isn't you know what comes it's about a marriage of families. 
it's a marriage about status and it's a marriage about sort of continuing the family line and making sure that, you know, whoever comes into the family is appropriate and is going to do the right things and be compatible in that respect. The kind of question of love doesn't really sort of come in as such, you know, but obviously the two types of marriage are you have a love marriage or you have an arranged marriage. Um, so, you know, without giving too much away, um, it almost becomes like, um, you know, a kind of commodity market where you think, okay, so I'm looking for somebody who's this height and who has this financial background and maybe from a certain caste. I mean, in certain in Hinduism, you know, they would be set castes and they would say, okay, this is the working part, this is, you know, and they choose according to their caste. But obviously in, in Muslim, sometimes it occurs where they will look at their kind of, their sort of group of people who speak the same language, their backgrounds, and so they're kind of a family group, and they try and choose within that. So it's a, it's really a process of elimination. And it's so old-fashioned. There's also a saying in Chinese, yeah. you know, and it basically means that, you know, you're matching people's backgrounds. Somebody's house mm. with a bamboo door matches somebody else's house with a bamboo door. Wooden door matches a, a wooden door. But the point is, I think yeah. th- I think there's such a struggle between the, the people who go for the matchmaking. So they're the progressive ones. They're the, you know, the, the, the entrepreneurs, the, the, the business owners, the doctors, the lawyers. So they want someone who they will really fall in love with, but then their family wants somebody from a certain caste. And so it's like they're progressive, but they're not. They've, they've moved on. So it's, yeah, I, I find yeah. that hard to get my head, yeah, no, to that's, wrap my that's, head around. That's it. hard. And a lot yeah. of times it's the families who are quite mean yeah. about their potential matches. Um, one, yeah, one in I, particular, the, the actually, mother, yeah. the mother was yeah, calling exactly. the other people, uh, calling the, the, the a person loser. a loser. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because you can see, I mean, just as we, if you watch even just the first two episodes, you do see that the kind of families, especially the mothers, seem to have a very prominent role in it. In that when they say, right for you, and I want my daughter to have this, and I want my son to have this. So they're almost like, um, you know, determining the decisions before the guy has even had a chance. There was one little trailer I saw where the mother's saying, yes, we're looking for this and we're looking for this. And the guy was just sitting there quietly and he didn't say a word. So he's kind of almost being bulldozed into this because that is what is expected. And it does happen. You oh, know, it gets it is, so it much worse, it's not, it's not I don't want to give it away. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen more of it. Oh, my but, you know, but on the other side, on the flip side of it, you know, yes, there are very negative things here and, you know, lots of decisions being made. But if you sort of move the extreme a little bit and think, okay, let's get into the middle ground here and see the of this, there are certain advantages in that, you know, you can say, okay, for compatibility, it would be really good if our families are quite sort of similar, if we have the same language language if we like the same things so in one way it can work you know i'm living proof of that (laughs) to a certain extent you know it can work in that yes you find all of these things and then it just helps you it just kind of you know and then you build a relationship from there yeah. You don't get forced into it. You just I, build it. I also want to turn to this sort of this um, racial element to it. I, mm. I would kind of say it's racist. I mean, I know it's within the yeah, same race. I, I know it's within, you know, Indians against uh, against Indians. But I, I was strangely, I, I, I was so sort of um, 
uh, I, don't, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but I, I was sort of blown away by that that obsession with mm. they need somebody with a, of a fairer complexion, somebody who's oh, fairer. Gosh, that yeah. came up so yeah. much as a criteria. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. From your observation, what what is the strange obsession with uh, dating somebody or marrying somebody who's got fairer skin than, it, than you? Purely on looks. You know, I suppose the fairer skin is also attached to this thing of status and background and, you know, um, you know what kind of genetic code you have and things like that. But, you know, this whole thing about being fair, I know. I went through it and lots of people would say, oh, yeah, we're just looking for this girl. You know, we, she's got to be fair because that's a mark of beauty. And it's still, I mean, if you think about it here, even within, you within know, Hong Asia, Kong and China, sure. within skin Asia, it hits still very sure. much. You have skill, skin lightening creams. So it, it, why that is, and yet you see some amazing, beautiful men and women who are darker, looking, but it's all focused on women. It seems like the men get away with it. They can be whatever doesn't matter but the women have to be like have fair skin and that and that really it is an aggravation it is terrible and but people do that and they still do that and they they still think oh yeah i want to be fair because that's looked upon as being more beautiful which is sad you know that shouldn't be so but it still is stuck there and it won't move i mean you won't see if you look at bollywood if you look at some of the actresses in bollywood you will never you will hardly ever find an actress who is of a darker complexion. Just find me one. And uh, she won't be the main actress. It'll be always somebody who's much fairer. Yeah. So, Sadia, help us understand this a little bit. What, what is this sort of um, mentality of people, young professionals, still wanting to to find a partner through an arranged marriage? Is it because they see the success of of their parents, or why are they still, you know, relying on? I think it's this- a lot of pressure. Mm. I think it's a lot of pressure. I think it's almost like um, one. I suppose some of them might just, you know, when when this mother was asked that, how come your 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 daughter is doing this, and she said, well, she does. She just doesn't have the time. And so some of them perhaps who are busy with the great all sorts, they just say, well, I haven't got the time to go and find somebody. So actually it might be easy if my mum or, or my dad just kind of found somebody and I'll check out these five people and see how it is. But I think it's, it's a lot to do with family pressure and tradition. It is almost like a kind of honour thing that you mm. just do what the family, like they may actually... You know, lots of people may actually go out and have girlfriends and spend this time. But when it comes to something serious like marriage, they think, okay, now I need to go to my mum or my dad or my family to sort. Yeah, as as Seema from the show, Seema, the matchmaker, the main matchmaker, she always says, um, you know, the parents will guide you. Okay, I'm just going to have my fun. And but when it comes to marriage, I need to think seriously and I need to find the right girl who's going to fit in. It's almost like kind of royalty thinking, okay. Anyone who comes into this family has got to be appropriate and got to fit all the check all the list of things that I have. Yeah. So it's um it's kind of it's funny but it's quite sad and it's you can see that there is straight out discrimination and prejudices that are in there and and it is a fact that it happens and we have to accept that 
that it does, but it's a matter of trying to stop those things from happening. Maybe this will raise awareness of, of some of those issues, really. Absolutely. I really think it's uh, yeah highlighted some of the, the, the problems with, with an arranged marriage and sort of the, the criteria that are so hard and fast. You know, you've got to be of a certain caste. And, and all, I'm, I'm not saying mm. all arranged marriages w- will be like that, but it seems like a lot of the times yeah. sought-after uh, matchmaking agencies will hold their clients to, to, to those sort of criteria. Sure. I know you mentioned sure. at the beginning of the program that, you know, you've had experience uh, um, of that. Did, did you also have a matchmaker to, to, to give you and your family well, a list of <laughs> eligible, eligible boys? Well, yes, to a certain extent. I mean, we actually, we actually went. Um, we both decided, both my husband and myself. I didn't know him at the time, but we both decided, okay, we're not going. We don't get out and out, out and about too much. So let's see how we can meet. So at that point, like going back to the kind of 1980s in the UK, there were actually a few designated marriage bureaus, right? So I actually went to one of those. So it is like a matchmaker. And then you think, okay, yeah, I'm looking for this, 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 this. And then my husband, who was sitting in Wales or whatever, said, All right, I'm looking for this. And so, you know, in that process, we met four or five. But one way, one thing is, is that because you don't actually have any attachment to that person initially, you can be quite kind of cold-blooded about it. Think, <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, I didn't sort of, I didn't get along or whatever, or there was no chemistry there or so you might see four or five people, and I did, and I saw four, you know, I met uh, four or five people Whoa, before I met my husband. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy, isn't it? But that is, but then at that time, you know, because the culture is such that in some kind of quite conservative cultures, it is not sort of a norm for, for say, uh, you know, kids, uh, you know, young people to be going out and having dates and this and that, because in some cultures it's not accepted, like it Mm -hmm. wasn't accepted in ours. So therefore that was the only way that you could actually meet. So I could go out for dinner and have a dinner and, you know, and and get to know somebody. And then after that, it was up to me. But, you know, but some people may have it more strict. There are cases where people will go and meet a family with their son and daughter and they'll go over and meet them and have a cup of tea or some lunch and then after almost like two hours of these people kind of sitting there having conversations with their family around and stuff, they're almost expected to say, yeah, yeah, we'll like, we'll take this forward. And so then the, the you know, they might actually decide after a couple of meetings that, yeah, these two can get married. So I decided quite quickly, you know, I met my husband and uh, we met each other three or four times and it was actually almost like, Okay, so you're all right with it? Three yeah, or four right, times, <laughs> and then you guys decided to get married. Know, that's another story. We're not going to go there, Nori. <laughs> You'll have to do a whole documentary series on me. <laughs> but, but it's just it's just quite an interesting thing. But then, you know, I've been married now 31 years, like, you know. So, but I wouldn't say, but, you know, on paper, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we were particularly compatible. You know, sure. which is an interesting thing. So you know, there was no totally matchmaker different. that actually came to your house with, oh, Well, there a- was. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there was. There was a marriage bureau that actually, I mean, the first I saw of my husband was a piece of paper oh, saying, okay. okay, this is his name, this is his height, this is uh, what a he's done. A marriage bureau, and so and that's what it's a saw. private agency then. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. Okay. so you just, it's similar. But then now you've got so many different options and that you've got all sorts of social media, all sorts of ways of meeting people. Um, you know, and 
you wonder like okay because you're not paying for it because you're not committing to it and it's some of them may be free you wonder how serious somebody is but going back to the 80s if somebody did that they were absolutely serious about meeting somebody compatible and taking it forward in a serious way not as a frivolous relationship that you think okay this is just for fun type thing yeah so i mean you know times have changed and i think people have got lots more options now to meet appropriate people but then that's if their families are not going to put their foot down and say well i'm sorry but we will cut off well, it's interesting that you say times have changed, yet it hasn't because a lot of the times people are still reverting back to the very old-fashioned way of, of you know, having a matchmaker, hence with, with this yeah. uh, series yeah. that we're watching. It's so fascinating, Sadia. I, I wish we could uh, chat more, but uh, it's it's 2.30 now, so we've got to go to the news, but I look forward to <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> more chinwag with you uh, next week. Thank you so much for your recommendation. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we'll chat to you next week. Thank you so much to Sadia Osmani. Thank you. And a